TYB On The Run with your host, Katie Halday. This is your daily Bible blast, the perfect fit for your busy life. Just one chapter, one revelation. This will change your life. Hi, TYB on the run. Well, let's jump into Exodus 4. How much fun is this Exodus account? I hope you're getting as much out of it as I am. So let's Bible blast this. Uh, Exodus chapter 4, signs for Moses. Moses answered, what if they do not believe me or listen to me and say the Lord did not appear to you? Then the Lord said to him, what is in that in your hand? A staff, he replied. The Lord said, throw it on the ground. Moses threw it on the ground and it became a snake and he ran from it. And the Lord said to him, reach out your hand and take it by the tail. So Moses reached out and took hold of the snake and it turned back into a staff in his hand. This, said the Lord, is so that they may believe that the Lord, the God of their fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob has appeared to you. And the Lord said, put your hand inside your cloak. So Moses put his hand into his cloak and when he took it out, the skin was leprous. It had become as white as snow. Now put it back into your cloak, he said. So Moses put his hand back into his cloak and when he took it out, it was restored like the rest of his flesh. Then the Lord said, if they do not believe you or pay attention to the first sign, they may believe the second. But if they do not believe these two signs or listen to you, take some water from the Nile, pour it on the ground. The water you take from the Nile River will become blood on the ground. Moses said to the Lord, Pardon your servant, Lord. I've never been eloquent, neither in the past nor since you have spoken to your servant. I'm slow of speech and tongue. The Lord said to him, Who gave human beings their mouths? Who makes them deaf or mute? Who gives them sight or makes them blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Now go, I will help you speak and will teach you what to say. But Moses said, pardon your servant, Lord, please send someone else. Then the Lord's anger burned against Moses and he said, what about your brother, Aaron, the Levite? I know he can speak well. He's already on his way to meet you and he will be glad to see you. You shall speak to him and put words in his mouth. I will help both of you speak and will teach you what to do. He will speak to the people for you and it will be as if he he were your mouth and as if you were God to him. But take this staff in your hand so that you can perform the signs with it. Then Moses went back to Jethro, his father-in-law, and said to him, let me return to my people in Egypt to see if any of them are still alive. Jethro said, go and I wish you well. Now the Lord had said to Moses in Midian, go back to Egypt for all those who wanted to kill you are dead. So Moses took his wife and sons, put them on a donkey and started back to Egypt. And he took the staff of God in his hand. The Lord said to Moses, when you return to Egypt, see that you perform before Pharaoh all the wonders I've given you the power to do. But I will harden his heart so that he will not let the people go. Then say to Pharaoh, this is what the Lord says. Israel is my firstborn son and I told you, let my son go so that he may worship me. But you refuse to let him go. So I will kill your firstborn son. At a lodging place on the way, the Lord met Moses and was about to kill him. But Zephora took a flint knife, cut off her son's foreskin and touched Moses' feet with it. Surely you are a bridegroom of blood to me, she said. So the Lord let him alone. At that time, she said bridegroom of blood, referring to circumcision. 
The Lord said to Aaron, go into the wilderness to meet Moses. So he met Moses at the mountain of God and kissed him. Then Moses told Aaron everything the Lord had sent him to say and also about about all the signs he had commanded him to perform. Moses and Aaron brought together all the elders of the Israelites and Aaron told them everything the Lord had said to Moses. He also performed the signs before the people and they believed. And when they heard that the Lord was concerned about them and had seen their misery, they bowed down and worshipped. Oh, this is such an incredible story. I have to say, guys, I am. I keep saying this. I when I started studying Exodus, I was like, I know Exodus. I'm, you know, I've. But the more I study the Bible, the more I realize I really don't know it. I kind of get so much out of this. Okay, so this is part two of our um, chapter three study on stop focusing on your old faults and start focusing on the power of God. Because again, we continue this story. And again, these chapters weren't in the original text. So it's not like the breakup should be there. It should actually just keep continuing with Moses arguing with God why he cannot go. And again, in our call, sometimes, all the time, God will call us to do things that are just beyond our ability. Why? Because he is the God of the power. He is the one that that deserves all the worship and power. We are to be a vessel in his hands, not the strength of the vessel. I love that the New Testament calls us instruments of righteousness, meaning what? We're the tongs in the hand of God. We don't have to have the strength to to understand or use those tongs. We are just the instrument in God's hands. And Moses needed a lesson on this. And again, we're in this chapter four where the lesson continues. So again, these I love the, the title of this. It's Signs for Moses. God didn't need the sign that Moses would, would be the leader. He didn't need, um, you know, God knew that Moses would eventually be the leader that, that he is calling um, him to be. Moses just needed to know it. Sometimes God has more faith in you than you have faith in you. And it's not God that needs a revelation of that. It's you that needs a revelation of that. There, is, there have been times in my life where I've been like, God, you have way too much belief in me. I don't think I can do this. <laughs> And I have to get a revelation of who I am in him to know that God is actually right. I can do the things that he's calling me to do. So Moses again is arguing. Moses answered again with another issue. What is your issues, can I ask, TYB? What is your list of things um, that when God asks you to do something, you pull out this list? Oh, I can't do that because of that. I can't do that because of that. I can't, I can't, I can't. And sometimes we've got to ditch the list can I say, I preach this at a youth conference, a youth event. You've got to ditch that list that you keep pulling out. I can't run a connect group because, and bam, the list comes out. I'm too shy. I'm an introvert. I'm this, I'm that. Oh, I can't speak. I don't know my Bible well enough. You've got to ditch the list. And Moses, this is Moses' list. Uh, what if they do not believe me or listen to me and say the Lord did not appear to you? So what if they question? Then the Lord said to him, what is that in your hand? A staff, he replied. The Lord said, throw it on the ground. Moses threw it on the ground and it became a snake and he ran from it. <laughs> I laughed when that, sorry, I know I laughed when I was reading this because I just think that's so funny. That God is so in control of this snake that this staff became a snake, but still Moses was afraid of it. Um, anyway, then the Lord said to him, reach out your hand, take it by the tail. So Moses, what's this? A lesson in obedience, a lesson in trusting God. Wow. So Moses reached out and took hold of the snake and it turned back into a staff in his hand. This said the Lord, 
is so that they may believe that the Lord, the God of their fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has appeared to you. This blows my brain, TYB. Why? Because the signs, this sign he says here is not for Pharaoh. This sign is because the Israelites need a sign to say that God is with them. Let me read it to you again. It's not for Pharaoh. He's saying this is a sign for the Israelites to believe you. This is so that they may believe that the Lord, the God of their fathers, he would not describe the the Egyptians like that. So this is the Israelites. The God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has appeared to you. Moses at this point, remember in the beginning, Moses was worried about going back to Pharaoh. And God says, hey, I'm with you. Now Moses isn't worried about going back to Pharaoh. Moses is worried that the Israelites won't believe him because he grew up in the Egyptian household. He's he's not necessarily one of them. He's scared that they're not going to believe that he is appointed by God. Oh, my gosh, this is his list. I'm not a Hebrew. I didn't grow up in the Hebrew courts. I'm I'm educated as a, they're not going to believe that you have spoken to me, God. They're not going to believe that you are using. And this is what God gives him as a sign for the Hebrews, the Israelites. Then the Lord said, put your hand inside your cloak. So Moses put his hand inside his cloak, took it out, leprous, put it back in, took it out, healed. This is just so amazing. Now put it back in your cloak. He restored it like the rest of his flesh. These now again, these signs, the sign of the snake is done by sorcery. And, and so that's why that is not a sign for the Egyptians because the sorcerers can actually do that, which is just crazy thought that the sorcerers could do that. And we find that later. That's not going to be a sign for the Egyptians because God knows that the sorcerers can actually do that. But it is going to be a sign for the Israelites. The leprous hand, that's something that cannot be healed, but God can heal it. Then the Lord said, if they do not believe you or pay attention to the first sign, then give them the second one. But if they do not believe these two signs or listen to you, take some of the water from the Nile, the source of life, pour it on the ground, and it will become blood. Oh, my gosh. Water to blood. This is just pointing forward to the New Testament. It's kind of like that water to wine moment. Moses said to the Lord, pardon your servant, Lord. Again, pulling out the list out of his back pocket and saying, hang on, I've got one more thing on my list. Why you can't use me, God? If I was to stop you now, TYB, and say, what's your list? I'll, I'll tell you what my list was when God called me to do TYB. I pulled out a list and for two years that list stopped me. I kid you not, for two years I got prophecy after prophecy. You need to do Bible videos. You need to do a website. And for two years I, I would pull out a list and say, I'm an introvert. I don't like being recorded on video. I stutter when I get nervous. I'm a female teacher. People don't like female teachers in Christianity. The list was so long and for two years it stopped me. I, I don't want to do this. I don't want to be in ministry anymore. I don't like, you know, ministry. <laughs> I don't want to get back into ministry. All of this list that I had, and I had these arguments with God for two years. So we're looking at Moses going, how dare he argue? What's your list that you argue with God? I can't run a connect group because I'm an introvert. I can't run a connect group because I don't know this. Sometimes we, we actually, all the time we have lists. Do not let your list stop you like Moses like this moment. So let's keep going. He's got another thing on his list. Pardon your servant, Lord. My next thing on my list, Katie added, I have never been eloquent, neither in the past nor since you've spoken to your servant. He's saying, I'm slow speech and tongue. He's saying, look, I, I, and some versions say, I stutter. 
I, I, I'm not good with with words. It's not like God doesn't know that. <laughs> I think it's so funny when we pull out these lists and it's not like we're telling God something. He created us. He's probably just going, are you kidding? I know all of those things about you, yet I'm still telling you you can do it. And he knows this about Moses. The Lord said to him, who gave human beings their mouths? Who makes them deaf or mute? Who gives them sight or makes them blind? Is it not I, the Lord? He's saying, Moses, I know you intimately. I know that you stutter, I, but I'm still choosing you because I want you. You are the one to do this. And he's saying that to you, TYB. He's saying he knows your list. He knows you're nervous when you speak. He knew my list. He knew I'm petrified of the camera. I stutter when I get nervous. I genuinely just did not want to do it. I didn't want to go back into me. He knew my list. You don't need to tell God your list. What you need to do is get over your list. He says, all right, I get it, Moses. Now go, I will help you speak and will teach you what to say. And there is this heartbreaking moment where God has already said, I will overcome that. I will, I will teach you what to say. And again, Moses, Moses, pardon your servant, please send someone else. Moses cannot get over his list, even though this incredible God, even though the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, who has just done signs and wonders and miracles, putting a rod on the ground and it, causing it to be a snake, and still he didn't believe in the power of God to use him. So then the Lord gets angry. He's like, Moses, um, I'm getting really cranky that you do not understand how powerful I am and still your issues are bigger than mine. Still your issues, your list is bigger than my power. When we keep repeating the list back to God, you are basically saying your list is bigger than God. God can't overcome that list. And that is an insult to God. I remember when God finally got me and he said, if you are going to keep continuing with this list, this will stop you from ever stepping into your destiny. And I got a prophecy that basically said that your list is bigger than your God. And I got rebuked by a prophet. Don't ever do that. You know, you get rebuked by a prophet. And then I realized that it's true. I was glorifying my list over my God. And I had to just suck it up and do it scared. Joyce Meyer says, then the Lord's anger burned against Moses. And he said, okay, fine. If your list is too big, Moses, that's not what he says. But he says, what about your brother? Aaron, I know he can speak well. He's already on his way to meet you. I love, oh my gosh, he's already on his way to meet you. He doesn't know what's happening. God has already got this sorted. He knew Moses would have an issue. And he's like, all right, Aaron's already coming. I've already got this backup plan in place. And he'll be glad to see you. You should speak to him and put words in his mouth and I and help, and I will help both of you speak and we'll teach you what to do. And so he's basically saying, now, Moses. I'll speak to you, you speak to Aaron, Aaron will speak on your behalf, which is crazy. But do you know what? Can I tell you a really encouraging story? Moses actually doesn't need Aaron, even as we get into this story of Exodus, Leviticus, Deuteronomy, Numbers, Deuteronomy, we see that Moses actually doesn't use Aaron. He actually doesn't need him. Moses does all right on his own. And even though God allows him to have a backup plan, the confidence of Moses in the power of God actually prevails in the end. So even though God's like, yeah, I'm going to give you a backup plan, God knows that Moses is going to do it anyway. Okay. So he says, um, Moses went back to Jethro, his father-in-law says, let me return to his people. So he's got to go back to um, his go. And Jethro says, yep, go. Go for it, mate. You've been with me for 40 years. Go. 
Now we have this kind of recap moment. Did you hear this in the end of the chapter? It kind of jumps back and forward a little bit because why Moses is writing this and filling in all these details and giving you as much detail as he possibly can, but he knows there's certain things that he kind of can't expand on, but boy, I wish he did. Um, In 4.19, it says, Now the Lord had said to Moses in Midian, Go back to Egypt for all those who wanted to kill you are dead. 40 years, as I said, so Moses took his wife and sons, put them on a donkey, started back to Egypt, and he took the staff of God in his hand. I love this. Time and time again throughout this, God says in 4.17, but take this staff in your hand so that you can perform the signs with it. And then Moses says, just letting you know, guys, I know as I'm writing this, I've realized that I I look like a little bit of an idiot back then, but just to let you know, I did take the staff of God in my hand. I was ready. I, even though I fought with the list, even though I said that I couldn't do it, because Moses is writing this backwards, even though I fought with God, I kind of showed you the real thing that I fought with God and I didn't want to do it, even though. My list was great. I realized that my God was bigger. And this is this moment. And he took the staff of God in his hand. He took it up and he said, I'm going to do this anyway. That is what you have to do, TYB, even though ditch that list and believe in your God. The Lord said to Moses, when you return to Egypt, see that you perform before Pharaoh all the wonders I've given you the power to do. But I will harden his heart. He's already pre-warning him so that he will not let the people go. Then Say to Pharaoh, this is what the Lord says, Israel is my firstborn son and I told you let my son go so that he may worship me, but you refuse to let him go so I will kill your firstborn son. As we go, Moses is giving us this understanding that God had already told him what was about to happen, that Moses already knew and Pharaoh already knew what the consequences of hardening your heart towards God was. And we get to the end and go, how dare God do that? No, God warned. It's like the Israelites. God warns the Israelites later on. You're going to go into exile if you don't repent. You're going to go into exile if you don't repent. It's like a mother saying, I'm going to smack you if you touch that one more time. And we can't be say to the mother, how dare you smack them? He would be unjust. That would be unjust if the mum didn't smack them at that point. So Again, we have this looking back and Moses saying God told him what was going to happen if he didn't repent and do the right thing. So we then have this, did you hear it, TYB, this random moment. 24, at a lodging place on the way, the Lord met Moses and was about to kill him. (laughs) He kind of brought up his list. I can guarantee he brought up his list again. And God was like, I am done. I am so done with this list. I cannot believe he can't get over it. But beautiful Zephora took a flint knife, cut off her son's foreskin, touched Moses' feet with it. Surely you are a bridegroom of blood to me. So she made a blood covenant is what she's doing. So the Lord let him alone. At that time, she said, bridegroom of blood, referring to circumcision. Oh, my gosh. So she she quickly steps in and says, okay, I'm going to make a blood covenant with with, um, Moses so that God doesn't kill him. And again, this offering of sacrifice of blood with her son's foreskin, which is so incredibly random and so incredibly prophetic and so incredibly profound of this blood that God stops. Now, again, oh, my goodness, we're pointing forward not only to Christ, the blood of Jesus that saves us, but forward a little bit forward, the Exodus, the Passover, where the blood of the Lamb protects. Again, there's all these things that Moses is looking back and going, oh, my goodness, even that crazy moment where God was going to kill him because he was sick of my list. That's Katie's addition. And I was saying to God I couldn't do it. And, And the blood protected me. 
the blood, Zephora steps in and the blood of my son. Oh my goodness, are you hearing this, TYB? The blood of my son protected me. Oh, so profound. Can you hear it? There's so much in this biblical text that you just want to study it forever. But let's finish one more minute. Then the Lord said to Aaron, um, again, we kind of have this, we know that Aaron's on his way. We know that Moses is on his way and we've got this timeline that God's already told us, but we kind of jump back and say, we go and have a look at, it's kind of like that flash of a movie where God says Aaron's on his way, but we flashed back and we're back at the moment where God says to Aaron to go, go into the wilderness to meet Moses. So he met Moses at the mountain of God and kissed him. Then Moses told Aaron everything the Lord had sent him to say and also about all the signs he commanded him to perform. So we kind of did a flashback of Aaron getting told by God to go and meet Moses and we know that Aaron and Moses meet at the mountain. Moses and Aaron brought together all the elders of the Israelites and Aaron told them everything the Lord had said to Moses. So again, we're jumping forward now and then they're gathering all the Israelites together. He also performed the signs before the people. Again, remember when I said these signs are for the people to know that I have sent you, and they believed. And when they heard that the Lord was concerned about them and had seen their misery, they bowed down and worshipped. Oh, are you loving studying this? I am loving studying this, guys. I have had an absolute ball studying Exodus 4 with you, this amazing moment of can I say TYB, ditch that list, because as frustrating as Moses is here, how many times he says, I can't, I can't, I can't, that is us. How many times when God says go and rescue that person, I can't, I can't run a connect group, I can't run this, I can't. So there is this moral and this message of don't be Moses and ditch the list because your God is greater. So I hope you've loved studying Exodus 4 with us and I've had so much fun in this book.